Awesome date. January 19th, 2009. Awesome topic. It's the 2008 Awesome Awards. Do, 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 do. But it's 2009 now. You can't really do the but 2009 it's a, Awesome Awards. Awards just started. But this time, let's talk about anime and things that aren't anime, but also are not video games. This is the Awesome Cast. Once more to the awesome cast. I'm Basil. I'm Douglas. I'm Lee. Hi, I'm Suze. Suze is new. I'm new. And I, that's us. Yeah, I, I may or may not be joining y'all again, but I'm kind of replacing Eric. Or something, I don't know. Not, you are here, and that's that's good enough for me. You're the special guest. Yes. We have such high criteria for who we let on our show. It essentially revolves to, well, you're here. Come yes. on, why don't you join? That's why the it's awesome true. cast is awesome. Hey. Except for when we had Troy Baker on. That was, like, really hot. Yes. Oh, so that's why he's awesome. Yes, that's why he's awesome. Oh, man, <laughs> Troy Baker. He voices Kanji. Yes, he does. Kanji is awesome. So Everybody is, remember that. So is Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gets less awesome, sadly. <laughs> Yuri is awesome. And so is Yuri. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, go on. So, we mentioned it last episode, we'll mention it in this episode. We're currently running a contest. The criteria is very simple. You just have to talk to us. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know, it's, it's really hard. We haven't gotten, uh, we've gotten one applicant so far. We, we have an applicant? Really? Yeah, Neil. Neil doesn't <laughs> count? Neil counts, he's not on the also cast, oh. and he made a comment in the comment section. About he how I was counts. wrong in the last thing about saying that for some reason I said that Final Fantasy 2, or Final Fantasy 4 came before Dragon Warrior 4. And, no, wait. <laughs> and that was a complete mistake. So I'm going to admit it on air. Neil found out for us. But saying, saying Neil... Saying that Neil is our only applicant is sort of like saying that Jason is our only applicant. You can't count people we really know as applicants. Jason has yet to make a comment, so he doesn't count. Damn it, Jason! Get on it! Make so, a comment! I, I see that there are like comments, but can they also enter by calling your special hotline? Yes, or sending us an email at awesomecast at gmail.com. There are so many ways to enter, guys. We make it really easy. And now, Basil, tell them what they'll win. We don't know yet, but it'll be sure to be awesome. So it's a mystery prize. That's right. The awesome line, by the way, is area code 206-202-0071. You can probably look at the numbers on the website. 
It's true. Unless you can't read, in which case I guess you can't. Well, some people actually use podcatching software to actually grab this. Also, some people are blind. I'll let him touch my butt. That can be the prize. It's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm going to win, guys. Are we going to be so paying this... shipping fees for this? And besides, you said that, you know, the awesome cast and its subsidiaries cannot enter, so none of us will I'll be... quit for a day. Oh, man, you mean I can't enter? No, you're, you're I mean, yeah, you're, a, you're not, you're not on anything. You're just our guest, so you can enter. Oh, cool. You better enter. I you better be Sue's touching Douglas' butt. Hey, I'd pay to see that. You would. Well, <laughs> but so many people would. Anyways, that's actually not the prize, but we'll figure out the prize. Maybe we'll get a picture of somebody touching Douglas' butt. I don't know. But all right. Now we shall move on to the world of awesome. It turns out we called it last episode. We mentioned in the burn- when we were talking about Burnout Paradise that they're adding all these new cars to everything, to the uh, new downloadable content. And we had known about them adding in the um, DeLorean Back to the Future. That Lee mentioned, oh man, it'd be great if they had the Ecto-1. Day, just mere days after we, we recorded that podcast and released it, or even before we released it, it turns out they're adding the Ecto-1 <laughs> into the car pack. It was the weirdest thing ever. It's like, uh, Eric was like, Lee, you know how like two days ago you said that thing about the Ecto-1? Yeah, well, look at this link. Holy shit! Yeah, so we called it. And they also have the general, a version of the General Lee and the uh, car from Knight Rider. Wow, so can I download these into my TurboGrafx-16? Yes. Awesome! <laughs> you, you do that. What's it really for? Uh, 360 PC or three or uh, PS3. Oh, okay. So 360 then. Yeah, so speaking of... Or three, PC, I mean... No one has a PlayStation 3, so you can't really count that one. Hey, I have a PC... Uh, wait, PS3? And a PC and a 360? Leave me alone. You're lying. No, it's totally true. I'm playing Persona 4 on it. I don't uh, believe you. You wasted money, then. <laughs> not really. Not on that high def TV. Well, go on. Well, speaking of downloadable content for the 360... Oh? The uh, Fable 2 expansion just hit. Oh, nice. Which is the uh, Not Whole Island pack thing. Where you get a brand new island, which you can run around and, you know, be good or evil and all new quests and whatnot. As well as, like, downloadable, like, armor and boots and gloves and a, a uh, weight loss potion and some other stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you, weight loss potion. <laughs> it's going to be uh, 800 points or the equivalent of $10. It's so hard in that game to not be at a, like, huge... Because like, like, every time you use, like, food, you get fatter. And... Yeah, unless, unless you eat nothing but celery and... and... carrots. Anyway, so you you can't eat anything except celery or else you'll grow huge. Does this game involve sitting in front of the computer in-game, or what? No, no, uh, you're running around all over everywhere, but, like, part of the problem is is that building onto your strength, like, even if you just do the melee stuff, you don't necessarily go for the brawn stuff, it still just makes you massive. So even if you're wanting to play, like, a dainty little character or or whatever, you end up just playing, like, this gargantuan monstrosity of a man or a woman. Pretty much every time you raise your physique, you become more and more like Fabio. Yeah. What if you're playing a magic user? Then you just get really, really shiny. But you won't, like, gain, like, you know, 
muscle or anything. Yeah. yeah, but if you keep on the road to the magic user, couldn't you become dainty that way or not? No, no, no. You don't become dainty. What you do is you get these blue squiggles on you. Oh. So if you do what I did and you max out every stat, mm-hmm. uh, you're really tall, mm-hmm. really broad, mm-hmm. and you've got blue squigglies all over you. Mm. So... I know some fellows So like you're that. from Highlander. Yes. Yes. That's a good description. You wind up looking like somebody from Highlander. I didn't mind the blue squiggles. No, no, I, I didn't. The blue squiggles were okay. I, I wish you could have like done a little bit more. Like if the squiggles would change color depending on your alignment, or maybe, or the type of spells you did. Like I did a lot of fire spells, so why aren't my little squiggles red? You know. Maybe we'll get that in Fable Three. I don't know. It was a pretty good game. It just had a lot of things that I thought they could do more. Now, just to clear things up, this is not at all affiliated with Bill Willingham's fables, right? Right, right. not okay. at all. Though, I'll warn you, Suze, the uh, microphone is only facing this direction. It's not actually facing that direction at all. Oh, so. it, it's a, it's a yes, one way. microphone. Right. Well, I guess I'll just have to steal Lee's spot until he gets back. Sounds good to Lee. Oh, man. I want to go to a convention again. Mm-hmm. And stalk Troy Baker again. Oh, I wish I could have done that. That, oh man. <sighs> well, moving on. <laughs> Apparently, musicals just weren't enough for Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's getting into video games. What the oh, didn't Andrew Lloyd Webber die? No. Why not? <laughs> because God hates us all. Lloyd Webber's management firm, the really useful group has been speaking with, uh, quote, half a dozen international game publishers, unquote, in a bid to bring Lloyd Webber's most famous works, i.e. Evita, Cats, and Family Opera, to the world of gaming. Who did Les Miserables? Didn't didn't anyone Maybe that was someone else. Oh. See, I actually like listening to that one. Well, all of them are kind of melodramatic. I mean... Yeah, but... mm. Andrew Lloyd Webber also is a crappy composer. And sorry, guys, um, now you're going to get a lot of hate mail. Oh, no, no, no. I was fully going to go on a dislike, you know. You know, cats can go, like, get go hit by a car. No, I like cats. Cats is the one I like. And F out of the opera. It's kind of stupid. But then again, I kind of hate the sound of musicals in general. I think they all should die. You know, I kind of like Fan of the Opera, too. actually. I don't actually even know why I got up here and was like, oh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and then I'm going like, no, I like that. You know, Phantom of the Opera's really good in the novel. Oh, by the way, did y'all know they're making a sequel to Phantom of the Opera? How? I don't know. How How do you make a sequel to that? Is this like Dark Crystal 2? I don't know. Apparently Andrew Lloyd Webber decided he needed to make a sequel to it, and then his cat decided that what he needed to do was delete the whole thing from his electronic keyboard. Unfortunately, uh, he decided to keep going anyway. Oh. Well, maybe they'll make it to a video game, because apparently they're, they're thinking with the recent popular rhythm titles that they can make, I don't know, maybe a rock band game out of musicals. Out of a musical? Wow. Yeah, I, I, maybe it'll be for the Wii where you actually have to make like stupid motions for the dance moves well, or something. I don't, I don't know. know. That, might, that might be kind of fun. I remember when I was like... When I, when I was like little, me and my me and my two sisters, we'd sit around and I guess this explains why I am the way I am. But me and my sisters would sit around and we'd sing musical show tunes together, and it was so much fun. 
Yeah, typical gay guy. <laughs> right. Right. We we played video games and watched Macross and beat each other up. You know, like real men. Well, well they, I sang show tunes, but they were Gilbert and Sullivan, so that's kind well, of Well, that different. was actually good. Yeah. Like, I would oftentimes have to be Raul and Javert and Marius and, At like... At the same time? Yes. Raul was near in that one. <laughs> I didn't say we listened to a single CD at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, so Android Lloyd Webber, screw you, quit getting my video games. Your goddamn musicals are bad enough. I don't know, it might be fun. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I, I want to try it, actually. The, well, the music won't be any good. It'll be fabulous. It may not be very good, but it's darn fun to sing along to. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they drop a chandelier on someone. Ooh, ooh, if that's an option have you for the guys, game, I'm playing it. Have you guys ever actually seen that done live? Yes, it Atlanta's like, Fox Theater. It was awesome. Yeah, it actually, if you've ever seen Fan of the Opera li- performed live, it is actually really awesome. It's just kind of on the CD. It lost something. Yeah, exactly. Because it depended on the music. Anyways, I watched, um... I watched the movie with, um, with Lon Chaney, but that's not really quite the same thing at all. I watched the Phantom. Okay, let's go to the next topic. Yeah. Oh, that was actually it. Like. Oh. Not much news okay. today. Yeah, not much news. And I. A- anything you want to add to the world of Awesome Lee? Um, I'd like to add that Vesperia is awesome. Yes, Bill. Vesperia is great. Oh my God! You all need to go play Vesperia right now. Turn off the podcast and go play Vesperia. No, leave it on while you play. No, wait, maybe not. I don't know. You learn all about Enterica Luminous. Things happen. Magic shields are around. And the world's called Terrica Luminous. And you'll hear a song that's ringing bells. Yes. You know that first song? Mm. Barry did not know that it was in English. Well, it's hard to tell. Like It's all Englishy, and, you, and bell is often pronounced like burr. Burr. <laughs> yeah. But I could tell uh, that it was English right away, just... But then again, I have a long history of listening to the... Nerd! Well, like, Barry was walking by as, as I was, like, looping the intro because I was busy looking something up before mm-hmm. I actually started playing. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and he walked by and he said, uh, Man, I love, I love that song. I wish I knew what they were saying in English. <laughs> and I just paused when he said that. And I looked at him and I said... Yeah, me too. Good job, Douglas. Well, I mean... Good job. Technically, you know, it was the same J-pop group that did both versions, so... Yeah, yeah. So there we go, and well, speaking of J-pop, J-pop can lead to anime. By anime, it means our Anime Awesome Awards. And by that means, James, play some music. Welcome back to the 2008 Awesome Awards! 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, did we go somewhere? Oh, wait, they went somewhere. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. Crafty. Well, you see, we were gone for a week because we recorded the video game half last week, now recording the not video game half. Oh. I see. So there we go. So, you know, 2008, there was a lot of animes that came out. Yep. Some were really good. Some were utter crap. You know, I actually am going through this list of all the anime that came out this year, and I keep seeing things and going, oh, that came out this year? That was really awesome! And then you guys go, oh no, that was the movie. Like, I, I look at Girl in the Gone, I'm like, Girl in the Gone was this year? Really? It was that long ago? And you guys are like, no, movie. That was the first movie. Now, the American release that happened this year, I think it's the best anime released in America this year. I'll give you that. But the actual anime came out in Japan last year. Well, Code Geass also came out this year, and uh, a lot of people are spazzing all over that. Yeah, it's true. Well, it was the second season that came out this year. Oh, is that what came out this year? Yeah. Oh. Although the uh, English release was last was 2008. Right, the English release on Cartoon Network and stuff on DVDs were this year. But the actual you know second half of the show was in, in Japan. Japan this year. And it was... It started out with a bang. It was doing okay. Then it got really, 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 really lame. Right up until the last episode. And the last episode was amazing. It redeemed the entire show. Yeah. Like, I actually really didn't like Code Geass. Well, I, I only ever watched Code Geass passingly as other people were playing it. And it just... It looked so stupid. Like, I didn't even want to see it. But then, like, I just happened to catch the final episode as it was playing. And suddenly, like, my opinion on the show just did a complete 180. Like, I, I think Code Geass is really, really great now, and I think it's one of the things that people need to go out there and actively watch. Yes, I haven't quite gotten up to that point, but what I have seen has been spectacular. Yeah, to, just to see it through till the end, because seriously, like, they make some really, really stupid decisions, and both me and Kevin were going like, what? That's stupid. Like, the... That was stupider. The ending is so good that all... All of these, all of these decisions that you know Basil's talking about, that where it's kind of like you know you're sitting there watching this, you're going, "Why did they do that? That's so dumb! What what awful thing!" The last actual little episode there actually retroactively makes those things good, so that when you go back and watch it the second time, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, I know, actually, I re-watched except for it. the hat thing. I uh, hate the hat thing. No, the hat was okay. I hated the hat episode. Like when I was actually. Watching like the second half, all things I thought were stupid. I still, I still thought they were stupid. Oh. Like it just happens that the last episode still makes up for it again. Well, anyway, go on. Like like before, we've all sort of compiled you know, our little top lists. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm just going to read off from uh, the list of 2008 and tell you what I thought was good and what I thought was crap. Mm. That's okay. I also, I told everyone to make a top five, and then I made a top ten in case there are any things that. Someone else mentioned that I, you know, I want to talk about what, you know, didn't get on their lists, and so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my favorite one, actually, this year was Macross Frontier. It was a good one. I love Macross Frontier to death. Damn. Good stuff. Macross Frontier really wasn't my thing, but, you know, I really have to look at it and, and realize that it really was a piece of quality animation. Uh, you know, if you really if you like kind of the space opera, you like the mecha show thing, 
it really has all the good elements behind that stuff. It just wasn't just wasn't my cup of tea, but what episodes I saw, I did in fact enjoy. Yeah, and it's, it's also one of those things where it actually does dip in the middle. Yeah. Like, the beginning, it, it's another thing where it starts off the bang, but its dip comes much faster and much, it's much shorter. Mm-hmm. And, except for the one episode where they, where they attempt to out high school hijinks the Code Geass high school hijinks episodes. And it almost did it. Mm-hmm. It almost did it, but it really kind of hurts the show overall. Because Code Geass really, not Code Geass, Math Quest Frontier is not really a show about high school hijinks, whereas Code Geass Pulls at points is. Because they have multiple episodes for doing high school hijinks, whereas Math Quest Frontier literally has the one. But then there's also the episode where they decided to pretty much completely retell Math Quest Zero, which was kind of neat but kind of dumb at the same time. But its ending was absolutely amazing, and it's quite possibly the best merging of music and story and everything all into one cohesive whole and pulled it off spectacularly. I really can't wait for the uh, movie rendition to come out uh, this year. Yes, it's going to be fantastic, I bet. And then my second favorite was actually a show that I think only I've actually watched, which was the um, second season of uh, Nodame Cantabile. I've read some of the manga from that, and it's pretty good. Like, it's... It was, this is the um, the Paris chapter where they've uh, finally put Tokyo behind them, or Japan behind them, have actually have now made it to Paris to continue their studies. And, and it's really neat to see, um, the first season was these music students, Chiaki and Nodame. Chiaki is a conducting um, student, Nodame is a piano, is a pianist, and they're trying to get it to the point where they could make it in the, on the international level and this is when they've made it to the international level and how they're surviving, and it's it's a really, really, really good Jose, you know, Sojo story. What are, what characters do they carry over? Do they carry over most of them? They carry over a good few. Mm-hmm. Like, you got your, you're the main two characters stick Obviously, around. Obviously, yeah. And then they do um, have lots of guest appearances, guest appearances from characters from the previous show. So the main two are the only ones that are going to Paris initially. Initially, but other characters do join as time goes on. Well, the main two are my favorites anyway, so that's good enough for me. And then my third favorite was um, Gogo 13, <laughs> which I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one oh, that's really li- who really likes Gogo 13. Because, you know, that is quite literally, you know, an anime that targets, you know, older Japanese salaryman males. And why that also hits me, I don't know, but it does. Because you're a nerd? Uh, We're all nerds. And he's the oh, nerd. yeah! Uh, uh, Go-Go 13. Well, I mean, there's something to be said about a guy who's, you know, really good at what he does. And that's killing people, you know, Isn't that every without expression. Anime? Well, in this case, they make him, you know, they add a lot of the mystery, like people trying to investigate... And pin him down for the killings, and he outsmarts them. It's actually quite fascinating. Oh, Death Note! <laughs> no, not really. Like, I I feel like a lot of the things in GoGo13 are things that are pretty standard fare anime shtick. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of concepts that you see over and over again. Only it's all kind of done in this different way that I feel it hasn't been done in that way before 
for good reason. Because the audience goes to sleep. Keep in mind that this is based on a much, much, much older manga. Well, I mean, it's a very old manga running series. It's actually one of the older ones, especially now it's still, you know, we still occasionally see some of it today. And it's very much a political drama about a hitman as much as anything else. And you kind of hate the political stuff. Yeah, I, I hate political drama, so anytime a show pops up, it's like, yay, I am all about the political drama, I kind of turn my nose up at it. And, you know, this is, again, about, you know, a guy who, you know, meets chicken at a bar, takes you to his room, you know, they get it on, and then he notices already that there's hitman coming to get him, so he throws her into the closet, they shoot, they try to shoot him and fail, then he caps him all in the head, and then, you know, leaves to go take out the leader. It's, it's an anime designed for, you know, testosterone. Which I am obviously lacking in. Go ahead with the next list. Uh, Skip Beat. Which is complete and utter 180 from GoGo13. Yeah, we go from James Bond, the anime, to, uh, well, as far as I could tell from barely glancing at the manga covers, guys doing it. No, no, it's actually about, um, two girls. Oh, really? Like, well, the trick is, is that there's this girl, mm-hmm. and I'm now blanking on her name, but she ha- she's head over heels for this um, TV show idol male, who she knows she's known for the whole, her whole life, and she's you know I, you know she's idolized him her whole life, and her family once wanted her to marry him to take over the family inn. They decided to say, "Screw it, I'm gonna be a mo- I'm gonna be a star." Will you come with me? And what she's been, she does for the entire first episode is, you see her working all these jobs, and you're working you know, herself to half to death, you know, just to support this guy so he can do things. With him occasionally, you know, giving her little bursts of, insp- you know, of, to keep going. And she's so like, well, as long as I can be with him, it'll be okay, because he's the only one for me. And the entire first bit, I'm going. You're being stupid. Why are you falling for this? This guy's a jerk. Why are you doing this? Until the final near the end of the episode, where he finally accidentally reveals, you know, while she's slightly off off screen, about how how stupid he thinks he is, how he's playing her like a fool. And that's when it all sort of clicks for her. And she goes, "Oh my gosh, I've been living my life for this asshole." I think it's time for revenge now. And actually, you know, becomes her own person and decides that, you know, obviously the best way to beat him is to become an even bigger star to show that anyone can do it. Yeah, this one comes fairly highly recommended from what I've read, at least in the comic form. So maybe if you want to watch it in movie, liney, cartoony form, it might still be pretty good. So... Like, it, it definitely, I think it makes a transition pretty well. I, this was a comic series I really debate on getting into, but they've gone to, like, 13 or 14 volumes already in the U.S., huh. and that's a crap load of volumes that I don't have the money to buy right now. So I thought, well, I'll start watching anime and see if I like it. And I really do. It's actually a really, really neat show. And it, it's neat because uh, she's, as her way, it, it dumps him... And it is focused on her path to stardom. And the, you know, there are other guys in it. Like, there is the other 
male model who is actually on the same team um, firm as the girl. And they've got a very much of a, you know, Usagi tuxedo mask guy's name that I forget. You know, Uh-oh. yeah, where he'll be snarky to her and she'll yell at him. So every anime couple ever. Yeah. Yes. What's the next one on your list? Um, Zan Plus Memories. And this is one that's kind of hard to get a hold of. Oh, no. What? Zan's good. No. I love the theme song like like something addictive. I'll listen to that over and over again. Yeah, it's got a really great theme song. It's from Studio Bones. And it's from their same team that brought us like Rossophone. Yes. And um, Eureka 7. And it's, and it's their latest, you know, pseudo mecha show. That's it's more the Eureka Seven style than the Rossophone style, but I really liked Eureka Seven. And so far, it's more or less been just a better Eureka Seven than Eureka Seven was. Well, that's that's pretty hard. Eureka Seven was pretty good. And you know, the trick is is that you could technically only get it off the PlayStation Three Sony's network. Oh. And while you can get it in high definition, you can only buy it as rentals. Where you pay lots of money just to have the episode for like a day, then it's gone. Oh. So why the hell would anybody bother with this? It's why I don't. I get it through other channels. Yeah. And when the DVD release comes out, I'll buy it that way. Okay. My kind of problem with this show is that it's it has the really good opening. Uh, it also it it seems like something that you get drawn into pretty well, pretty easily. But then it kind of it kind of hits you funny, like it, it incorporates a lot of different it incorporates a lot of different themes into it that don't necessarily all work together. I don't think, like you you kind of get in the mood to see something and then it some it just kind of hits you wrong. I've never had that problem. Well, like every episode, maybe really want the next episode immediately thereafter. Mm, no, I didn't. I didn't feel that way. It's alright. I've discovered that a lot of shows that I really, really like actually, you know, are shows I sort of download by myself, so. Well, I like Zammed a lot. I just, uh, I just never got into seeing the rest of it. And I have to agree, it's a very odd show, and it has a lot of odd concepts that take some, you know, some, you're like, what? Did that just, oh? But then when you think about it, it sinks in, you really like it. At least I do. Well, all the technology is never explained. Mm -hmm. They just go with it, and they just do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's it's just you know similar enough to what we're used to in anime that it sort of makes sense, but it does enough things different that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's also a heavy religious connotation of religion that's in the show, mm-hmm. and they never explain the religion to you because all the characters know what it is already. Mm. And so it's a, definitely a show that you have to think about just to to catch yourself up on. Right. Well, I'd be interested in seeing the rest of it sometime. Well, and that's my five. I have some other ones, but I'll wait till everyone else talks and, and bring those up if need be. Okay. Shall, shall I go ahead? Yeah, you go. Well, my number one anime for last year was Soul Eater. Yes! Soul oh, Eater man. is one of those anime that I've actually seen because of Lee here. And yeah, it's, it's really good. It's just a good show in general. And it has the most dynamic artwork I think I've seen yet. Yeah. Which is another Studio Bones production. It's, it's a really good return. It's a really good return to a heavily stylized uh, anime, and I I really 
uh, there's nothing bad I can say about Soul Eater. Yeah, I love that to death. Even when the story starts to slow down as they're shifting arcs, arcs or something, the characters are just so fun and uh, and varied that you still love watching them even yeah. when it's shifting off. And it's just great. It's uh, It's based in a... Well, Death City is where it's based, where there are these meisters who wield weapons who are also people. But getting into the nitty-gritty is kind of confusing. Yeah, Let's you, just say that... You kind of have to just see it, and it makes sense when you see it. It's it's probably the best example of Neo Shonen on TV right now. Yeah, yeah. it's like beyond Shonen to me. I, I'm really, really, really scared. Because mm-hmm. the last time I saw something this consistently good from Bones in this style mm-hmm. was Full Metal Alchemist. And... Full Alchemist was really, 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 really good, then crashed and burned horribly in this great, fiery, out-of-nowhere War World 2 wreck. And I'm really scared that Soul Eater might end the same way. Uh, I'm going to keep my hopes up. And it, it all has the, the same, you know, uh, almost... What, I don't want to say Halloween-y, because it's more... No, it really does. It actually does seem to have a Halloween-y kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah it does. Like, it's... they use a lot of ha- things that we usually associate with Halloween in just, like, its common everyday motif. Yeah. It manages to do this without... It manages to have kind of a gothic look without actually being, like, gothic and emo. It's just, yeah. like, you know, Halloween-y. I, I could almost see, like, if they ever tried to... Heaven forbid, God, please don't make a live-action version. But I could almost see Tim Burton wanting to direct it if it, if it were to happen. Except it, it's not as frilly as Tim Burton. Well, no, but they had tried to find the most halloween person they could have directed, and it would be him. That aside, it's it's just got great characters, amazing action sequences... And it's just a blast. I look forward to every episode. Yeah, the chemistry between the characters is oh, really is. like there's there's the main the main characters, there seems to be three groups of like Meisters and Weapon. And so there it seems like there's just somebody for everybody to like. Like mm-hmm. I personally am really just entranced with the Maka soul dynamic. Yes. I think they're the best pair. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know a lot of people who really like the dynamic between Kid and his and his two guns, uh, Liz and Patty. It's cute, but Maka and Soul are just both very interesting because they're both unique takes on character archetypes. Yeah. Whereas uh, Death the Kid and his guns are just... They're mostly comedy, at least from what I've seen. I don't think I've seen as much as everybody else here. And Black Star's Barry is a ninja, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Black, oh. Black Star is is the character that Barry can like. Man, if we could only find a Subaki for Barry, someone willing to tolerate him. <laughs> but you know. everybody is going to understand this. Yes, uh, let's. Black Star is a uh, self-absorbed ninja guy who wants to surpass God in his own words. He is the loudest ninja ever. It's it's pretty hysterical. No, no. Who, who can also be incredibly stealthy. Well, yeah. That's what's weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, what if Naruto wasn't the main character and it was in some other show? And they made fun of him a lot. Yeah. Well, I imagine that's what would happen if Naruto wasn't in his own show. Yes. Of course, technically, I mean, I guess, in a sense, I really do think that Solidarity is one of the best animes of 08. 
Because it was really good all throughout 08, and if it gets a horrible ending, it'll be this year, because it's still airing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think Soul Eater's really top of the list there. Mm-hmm. And I have to recommend it wholeheartedly. Uh-huh. Moving on to my next one is Macross Frontier, which we've already talked about, so I'm going to move on to my even next one, which is actually a tie between two movies. The first one is uh, Ponyo on the Cliff by the Sea, which is a Miyazaki uh, Studio Ghibli film, which was just excellent, and yes. it was beautiful and childlike and... You know, that was actually, that film was actually done without computer-aided animation. It was actually kind of a throwback to mm-hmm. the old style of animation. And that really shows through in some scenes. Like, there are some scenes where you can sort of tell, you know, that a computer probably would have been able to do that transition a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. But that actually really adds to it's the quality of yeah. it. You know, it's a show about a boy and his fish, basically. And, you know, that... That's the kind of story that is just really helped by yeah by just that quaint little charm. Mm-hmm. And it really shines through, and you really feel like, oh, I'm watching older anime that I'm really watching because yeah. And and when I say a little boy and his fish, I mean the main character is a five year old, not a five year old the way anime usually tries to portray a five year old, where it's actually an adult that then claims to be five, and oh, the adults are all stupid, lol. Unless, but it's like he's like actually what a five year old would act like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a beautiful movie, and it's just amazing how it pulls off the, 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 just the imagery of ocean and all the mm-hmm. and the water and. And the characters are really unique, and you really can't really judge them very quickly because they're all quirky, and yeah. you go, oh, I completely didn't see that coming a lot. At least I did. Oh, uh, the, red ha- the red-haired, the red like, water wizard yeah, guy. Yeah, who you think is... Oh, he, he was such a great character. Like, yeah. I loved him. You know, you sit there thinking, oh, is he a good guy? Oh, wait, is he the bad guy? Oh, wait, is he the good guy? Oh, wait, is he the bad guy? Like, you just keep flipping... The whole movie, pretty Yeah, much. whole movie. You know, hopefully... I, I've heard many times that this was, you know, Miyazaki's sort of a message to his son on how to make movies. Because mm-hmm. the previous movie was done by his son. Yeah. Who was previously the curator of the Ghibli Museum. So, he was sort I mean, of, you no. know, shoehorned into this role. He did an excellent job for what he did, but... Hopefully, when he, when he directs his next movie, he'll really be able to take something from this. Yes. Well, you know, the one, the last one that he directed, uh, what, A Song of Fire and Sea, what was... Tales of Earthsea. Yeah, The Tales of Earthsea, which I should know. I read the books. I liked the books. But, you know, it, that was a pretty good movie in and of itself. It's just that movie felt like it was incomplete. Yeah, it felt disjointed. Yeah, it felt like at the end of it, you're kind of like, huh. What next? And the movie didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ponyo by the Sea really, it really left you feeling fulfilled. Exactly. At the end. Yes. It just felt like ah, oh, we're done here, and I want to think happy thoughts as I leave the theater. So what was yeah. the uh, other movie? Uh, it tied for it is the Evangelion redo. What is it? Rebuild. A rebuild. You are not alone. Rebuild. You are not alone. It's a uh, remake of the first few episodes of the Evangelion series, and I just have a complete hard-on for that series because it was my first anime I ever bought. And they've redone it. They've made things make more sense. They've made things look way better. They spent a bunch of money on it. 
And there's not really anything I can add about it except that... Didn't it, they introduce Kaoru at the, at the very yeah, end. At the very end of the first... Yeah. And this is like the first out of four, and he's supposed to be late, late. So now the rest of the movies are going to probably be vastly different since we have Kaoru yeah. thrown into the mix. Well, the well that makes me so happy, uh, because I really felt that the entire series was assisted by Kaoru's presence. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's now has a... I thought that he had a huge role to play, and so it was really kind of sad that he was only in, like, two episodes. Yeah. Despite the fact that his role was so much bigger than his screen time. And now he's been introduced before Asuka. Yeah, he's he's there even before Asuka, who's the, the you know... Okay, now that might be too big. That might be shooting the gun a little so, bit. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, because the next movie, I believe, is coming out in America... Not America, sorry, Japan this year, so... We should hopefully pretty soon see a, uh, you know, some form of... Well, I, I have one more thing to add about the Kaoru thing, is that adding him, and I'm not going to go into any details because I don't want to spoil anyone who just might happen not know what it is, adding him early and making him part of the team early makes makes later in the film better. Yeah. And they and they did that with when they adapted it from anime to manga, they added him a little earlier, and it was that much better, so... Yeah. Do uh, you think they're thinking... Man, the earlier we added Kaoru, just the better that little thing gets. Let's try putting him before Asuka. Let's in- well, do you think next time they remake Eva? Because you know they're going to remake it again. He's going to be like, like the he's, first... They're going to introduce him before they introduce Shinji. He's going to be the main It'll character. be Kaoru Gellion, <laughs> the story of Kaoru, which I would watch. I would too. Because, you know, I couldn't get into Eva originally, but... Like, from what I hear of this guy, he, he's kind of a cool dude. I mean, I'd hang out with him. Yep. Yep. Although, my interpretation of Kaoru was apparently... I was apparently smoking crack or something when I came up <laughs> with my interpretation of Kaoru. Because I've talked about my interpretation of Kaoru with other Ava fans... And, you know, I was talking to our friend Lyra, who's a huge Ava fan. She absolutely loves it. Oh, yeah. And I was telling her about what I thought when I, when the whole Kaoru thing happened in, like, the original TV series. And when I was done with it, she looks at me and she goes, Man, Douglas, that's really... That's really awesome. That's really great. I wish that had been in Ava. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently the whole, like... Equating to Eve wasn't actually in there. Ah. But, uh, moving on. Yes. And for my fourth one is something... There are so many good ones, and I feel bad that this is so low on the list. But, you know, as I said, there were so many awesome anime. It's the new, it's the new season of Slayers that they made after all these years. We have Slayers Revolution. Lee, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. Why is that not at the goddamn top of the list? Soul Eater. So why is it on the top of your list? Because I told you, I don't have a list. I'm just going to read them out. But that should be on the top of the motherfucking list. Why isn't that on your list? Because I knew someone else was going to talk about it, <sighs> namely you. Well, that, that should be on the top of everybody's list. Because Slayers Next was the best anime ever, and therefore every season of Slayers that comes out ever since then should be the top of every year. Because in- Next Including was Try? Try had its moments. <laughs> okay. Okay, I may... I had a moment or two, yes, it's true. Okay, would it satisfy you if I said one through four are all equal? No, it has to be above all one through four on my list. <laughs> this is why everyone gets their own list. <laughs> okay, okay, like I said, Slayers has really been my, my one of my all-time favorite series ever. This one... I was just squeeing like a fangirl with glee that they did a new season. 
and just loved it to pieces. It was great to have the cast back. And with new, shiny, awesome new graphics that are, you know, all updated for the new... You know, not that the old ones were ever bad or anything. Well, the old ones were very good at the time that they released. Yeah. Uh, You know, Slayers came out right in that little golden age of... Little golden age of of anime. Uh, And, you know... The original series was a, was only so was only okay. Next was stunning when it was out, and uh, try try also had try. Mm. The important thing is this is this is Slayers, and this is good Slayers, and we got it back again. Yes, yes. Like this is at least as good as the first season with with almost you know hints of, of next awesomeness. It had awesome. This this season could the thing is is that this season was called Slayer's Revolution. Mm-hmm. They've already announced that they're going to come out with Slayer's Evolution R, which is going to be the, sort of the follow up to this se- season. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is this season was only half the size of the old seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this entire season was about as long as the Rezo arc from the first season. Yes. So in my head, it kind of feels like. Slayer's Evolution R is really just part two of this season. Like, they're really the same season. Well, it's true. It's what the creator said. Yeah, see, told you. But anyhow. <laughs> but the important thing, actually, is that this is a season that introduced the best character in Slayer's ever made. I think I think you need to let me finish. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you can get to the best character ever made. Well, okay, no, uh, what I was what I was trying to say is that I really do feel that from the setup that they did in Slayer's Revolution, that if Slayer's Evolution lives up to what Slayer's Revolution did, it will be able to compete with Slayer's Next, because Slayer's Next strong point was that you had this entire season where it just built up this amazingly epic little plot. Exactly. Uh the weakness of the original Slayer season was actually that you had this one really good story and then this other really good story just mm-hmm. sort of sandwiched next to each other. Yeah. Which so, is okay in its own way, but it's not build up overall season awesome like next was. But still, it was very good. Now you can go on, Basil, and talk about your... Stephen Colbert. Yes. Uh, his name is Inspector... Inspector Weiser. Yes. Yes, he is the greatest character ever. At first, any show ever. I, at first, I didn't like him, but then you get into where he becomes, you know, really. You just he gets developed and he becomes funny and interesting. There's a the episodes where Zelos and Wiser are talking to each other. Oh, that is so hilarious! Oh my god, watching them, watching them play off of each other is just it's just something spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like, well, well, yeah. I mean, everyone thinks Wiser's stupid. Until they realize that he's played them for fools. Like, he plays everybody in the show, including Zelos, for fools. Oh, oh, Zelos gets pissed. Like, you should see Zelos. Like, he has this great line. He's like, you know, I always make a point not, I always make a point not to lie to people when I tell them, when I tell them misgivings. You don't seem to have that problem. <laughs> oh, look, now you dropped down a hole. Now, have what's amazing fun. was, during the entire thing, Wiser never broke character. Ever. Like, he still played Zelos for a fool as he was falling down the hole. And that's what was amazing. I, I, I kind of don't like that he played Zelos for a fool, but at the same time, I kind of got the feeling that Zelos himself was amused by it. Yes. Well, the thing is, he doesn't have any powers on his own. 
Yeah. Like, he has to be able to outwit everyone in order to survive. Like, he had even admits this later on. He's like, I'm not getting to that fight. I have no powers. I'm just getting the way. Yeah, he's not a good swordsman. He's not a magician. He's just a crafty motherfucker. Who likes to handcuff Lena Inverse? Who doesn't? That oh, is, baby. That is hot. Well, you know, uh, he, he's so interesting. He, he really kind of is like a little Stephen Colbert. Because he goes around basically doing good things uh, by trying to arrest Lena, insisting that she's the bad guy, and in order to clear her name, she has to find out who's the real bad person, who is usually somebody that Wiser can't actually touch. And uh, I'm but, sure he also thinks bears are godless killing machines. But, but, yes. but, but to keep going would probably spoil things, and we, could, we save th- already. And we could save this for an actual podcast later on just about Slayers. Or people could watch the show. It's true. Now, there is one addition to this series that Hardcore Slayers fans like myself are kind of going to balk a little at, and that is Pokota. Oh, Pokota, the Digimon. Pokota is a little stuffed animal. It is the cute animal mascot that got added to Slayers for no apparent reason. It wasn't. He wasn't in like the book that they're basing this off of. He, he wasn't, wasn't in it. Well, he was, but he wasn't like he is. He wasn't a major player like that? Yeah. Like, he was just kind of a little thing that showed up. Like, there's actually more comparable parallels to other other characters in the OAVs than to Pokoda. Uh, and, you know, the Liger guy was a lot... More prominent? You know, Duclis, who... Oh, I hated that, because I hate, I hate Duclis, and yet his name sounds so much like my name. He shames the name of Douglas. It is my one lament that Douglas wasn't awesome in Slayers. Well, that's why they had to change the pronunciation. True. But, anyhow, Pokota is a little obnoxious stuffed animal that by the end of the series you actually really wind up liking. You know. But for a while you're going, oh my god. It's because they show you the human form of him, and you're like, oh god, go back to the stuffed creature. <laughs> yes. Good god, go back to the stuffed creature, yes. please. Your hair looks like a looks like a looks like a cockatrice like, shoved through a meat grinder. You think that his stuffed animal hair is stupid, <laughs> and then you see his human hair. And look at his freaking earrings. Anyway, move on to your next thing, Lee. <laughs> okay, lastly, and I'm cheating on this one is School Rumble, which didn't come out this year, but they had an OAV or something this year. I mean, last year, so I'm counting it. And I'm actually, we're probably running out of time. I'm just going to say it's an awesome, funny, great series. School Rumble is like, what if you took Ozamon Godayo and Cromarty High and locked them in a room until they reproduced? <laughs> pretty much. Full of awesome and win. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Now I'm pretty much going to go down the list alphabetically and does, tell you what I think is good. Does Sue's also want to? Oh. I'll, I'll go last. No, you, no. Should do, you do your thing since you no, have no, planning. No, no, no. She should do last. Okay. Oh, trust me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I would like to bring up the anime Antique Bakery. <laughs> Heard good things about that. Oh, them. Antique Bakery. Because You're it is about day. a bakery that uses antiques. And they understand an antique bakery, that you must bake your antiques. Raw antiques are no good. That's right. I mean, really, what are you going to do with all of those antiques unless you bake them? Well, no, this isn't about antiques. It's about cakes. It is. Uh, 
Antique Bakery is about... I don't even know how to say this with a straight face. Gay guys! Sell cakes <laughs> to girls and guys. There's this guy. He's apparently... What what does he call himself? The gay of demonic charm. Yes, the gay of demonic charm, which is so terrible a name in its own right that you just have to watch it. Okay, there's main character guy and gay guy. During high school, gay guy had a crush on main character guy. Confessed, main character says, go die, I hate fags. And so the gay guy decided that he would be the faggiest fag of them all. And he constantly is wooing straight men to become gay, and he can't keep down a steady job because he's always charming the straight men. <laughs> it gets to the point where he can't even like control anymore. He just constantly is apparently so hot and steamy that straight men just can't help but fall for him. The only one immune to his gay charm is the, the, is the main, character. main character who rejected him when he was... In high school, and the main character now wants to start a bakery, and so he hires. As gay guy, also has to be like the best like cake maker in you know, pastier or whatever you want to call it, around. It's it's really amusing, is why I'm going to bring it up. If you really like uh, this kind of thing, yeah, we- if you can get over the shonen eye, semi boys love aspects of it, semi. it is hilarious. It is. It's semi because boys love the guys actually doing it. Yeah. And you never actually see them do it at all. You most you get is they might kiss if you're lucky. Yeah, like late in the season they start to kiss, and that's and if you've stomached it up until then, you don't mind anyway. You're like, oh yeah, boys kissing, awesome, great, I'm into that. I don't see if there's anything wrong with them kissing anyway. I mean, they do it all the time with, like, boys and girls. I know. For real. But, uh, okay, but now I'm going to move along. I'm going to go down this little list. Oh, Birdie the Mighty was pretty good. It's a remake of an older series called Birdie the Mighty. Uh, Only they've done it with better graphics, looks great. Uh, The one complaint about Birdie the Mighty is that at some point, they decide to go to Birdie's planet rather than stay on Earth and yeah. deal with the plot, and it kind of, it really starts to drag when that happens. But if you can stick with it until they get back to Earth, it starts to get really good again. Awesome. Yeah, the trick was was that it got some really good fan subs to start with, and mm-hmm. then all the good fan subs dropped it. So we were left with really crappy speed subs I couldn't read. Okay, we already mentioned earlier Code Geass is being really good. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Darker than Black had a gay episode come out this year. Sort of. It was. It was. Well, it was about a, um, a Yaoi fanfic writer. Yeah, a gay episode came out. <laughs> uh, the next one I want to bring up is Earl and Fairy. If you thought Antique Bakery was gay, you You're have right. not seen Earl and Fairy. Earl and Fairy <laughs> is not nearly as gay. Not even remotely. Like it's like five percent of the. Of the massive no, gay two no. Earl and Fairy is really, really gay, and it's this, about a head couple. I know that's how gay it is. It's, it's just about really a boy gay. and a girl, and still manages to be the gayest thing I think I've ever seen. Now, y'all, I'm gonna break in here and say that yeah, I'm pretty sure something called Earl and Fairy 
just by default beats out everything except straight on gay porn for gay. Just from the name? <laughs> Earl and Fairy. Oh, but it's it's really, really, really cute. Like if you really like shoujo, uh, it's probably one of the better shojos that I've seen come out. Uh, you know, it's about a girl who, and she has really pretty hair, and she's always wearing these pretty little costumes, uh, and she can talk to fairies. And there's this guy who claims that he has like fairy blood of some former knight or something. But he's lost all the fairiness in him, and so he needs her to yeah. find the magical item that would actually, you know, restore his knighthood, so he can get his land and be a rich mucky muck. Yes, and Doesn't he kind of coerce, force her. Into yeah, this? he he's a sneaky bastard, which is why I like him. Yeah, it's kind of hot. Uh, Visually, it sort of it actually reminds me a lot of uh, a Victoria's Romance Emma. Yeah, but a lot more fantastical, mm-hmm. and not nearly as period. Uh, there are, it's it's also a reverse harem show. Like, it's got the main girl, and then, you know, all as the, she's going through, she meets all these beautiful, beautiful men who all fall in love with her. Like, there's a werewolf guy who falls in love with her, whatever the bloody hell raven is and falls in love with her. Not that raven. Yeah, not not Vesperia raven, a different raven, Man, although equally like as Hakeem hot. from Emma. Equally as hot, but not as cool. Right. Uh, yeah, I would totally do Vesperia. Raven before I did this guy Raven. Mmm. Vesperia Raven. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I noticed Gege Ge no Kitaro is on the list, and while I have not seen this one, uh, the original is pretty cool, because, you know, it's about a little monster kid and all his monster friends, and his dad is an eyeball. <laughs> oh my god, I have to see this! It's, it's pretty good. I have yeah. to see this! I think I have the episode that came out Somewhere around my hard drive, I'll see if I can dig it back up. I mean, up. It, it's hard to get much cooler than that. Yes. It, it's a very long-running Japanese series. It's it's very popular. We just don't get to see a lot of animation for it anymore. And they did a couple of episodes. I think some fans saw at least the first one. And awesome. I'll have to check that pretty one out. Good. But is it a remake? Well, it's just more stories. Ah. Like, he, he it's, it's um, to me, it almost seemed like, kind of like a, uh, you know... Uh, was it uh, Are You Alone in the Dark or Goosebumps where they, or, um, where they tell you a, a scary story mm-hmm. that features him? Ah. Okay, another one that I want to talk about real bad, because mm-hmm. I think people need to go watch this if they haven't already, is Michiko e Hachin. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Michiko to Hachin. It's basically about a girl named Michiko and a little girl named Hachin. As they go on their wacky hijinks, uh, I'm that really that, that really doesn't give it d- doesn't give the story justice at all. Visually, it looks very similar to kind of like the Cowboy Boy Bebop, Bebop. St- style of animation. Uh, you know, everything's real rounded. There's real good movement to everything. Uh, it kind of has a black exploitation. Yeah, it kind well, of has it's... a black exploitation feel, but it's not black. Uh, it's actually all the characters are. The setting is in Brazil, and all the characters are a mix of Hispanic. Oh, you know. cool! Yeah, it's yeah. It, for me, it feels like it's black exploitation set in a Hispanic setting. But I, I, mm, I really like it. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, there are a few episodes that were kind of in, but for the most part, it's been a fun little romp that. 
I want to see to the end because you know it, you want to know. It's got some amazing style. Mm-hmm. The it's big. The series' biggest problem is that I think it would have been better. It would have been better served if they had kept the episodes a little bit more self-contained. Mm-hmm. As it is, you sort of kind of have to watch this episode and this episode and this episode. In order to make any sense. Yeah, in order for it to make much sense as to what's going on. Uh, whereas, you know, a lot of shows in this style, they they make themselves self-contained while at the same time having that overarching plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, otherwise, it's just a really good, really stylized. For example, uh-huh. they they got the director of Cowboy Bebop at Samurai Champloo on board just to handle the music and sound. Yeah, he just yeah. does music and sound. It's great. Sh- Samurai Champloo—that's the other one that I was looking that it really it really compares to. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been meaning to see that. I forget some of the other names, but a lot of them are really big shots. It was sort of like a a dream power team, super team mm-hmm. of of people involved to make this show, super and cool. a lot of people weren't quite sure if it actually would would make it or not. But yeah. so far, it's been highly enjoyable. Uh, the basic kind of plot, just for those of you who want to know the basic kind of plot, is that uh, it starts when Michiko is escaping from jail. She has been put in jail for various crimes. I think she supposedly killed somebody who they hinted that she didn't actually kill, but took the rat for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's breaking out of jail, and she goes to rescue Hachin. She's badass, by the way. Hachin was living was living in a foster home, and where she was terribly mistreated, and she kept wanting somebody to come save her, but she wasn't expecting Michiko to be the one to come save her. To crash through the window in a motorcycle. And, and it's kind of confusing, because at the beginning, Michiko declares that she's Hachin's mother, but then immediately after picking up Hachin, she never declares this ever again. I think what that was supposed to be is that she was telling the family that that she was her, her, her mother to, to make yeah. them wonder. Yeah. Well, I think that was just going to be her cover story to get her. Yeah. Because the whole thing is that she's looking for her long-lost lover, who she thought, everyone thought was dead. Then she realized that this girl was was born, like, a year after the guy died. Yeah, and and she is that guy's daughter. So, therefore, he couldn't be dead. Therefore, she needs to find him. Right. So, it's kind of like two girls out looking for a dude, which is not really good as far as women's lib goes, but they manage to be so awesome about it that you kind of ignore that. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, was it Jumbo? Oh, yeah, the, the afro, <laughs> lady, the afro, the, the lady with the huge afro yeah. that's sort of like Zinigata to her loop. Yeah, every time you see that afro, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But it, it's a pretty awesome show. Let's see. Uh, the next thing I want to mention is going to be Spice and Wolf. I think I briefly mentioned this one in a World of Awesome before. Uh, it was kind of, it released more at the beginning of the year. It's kind of easy to forget about it since you know it came out at the beginning and it's all the end of it now. And it was a short series, but it was just a really nice paced little series. It was a fantasy. It was a fantasy story about this merchant who, in his travels, he picks up the humanized spirit of a like a wolf god. Uh, the wolf god is of a is like of a of the harvest and is supposed to be good luck and he takes her along with him as her as her traveling companion. She's foxy. Now there's a couple of things going on like for one thing she's a pagan god and the new Christian religion is taking over the countryside 
And it's really interesting because a lot of these fantasy-type stories, you know, deal with, like, swords and fighting, and Spice and Wolf really doesn't. It's about merchants and selling. Yes. It it deals with the economy of a fantasy setting way more than I've ever seen that dealt with at all. It's a very neat show. It's a very different show, just how they handle things. I mean, it's very... It's a fantasy... It's a very fantasy show that handles things very realistically. Yeah. Like, a lot of times I'll forget that we're watching a fantasy until, like, Haro does something magical and wolf-like. I'll go, oh, wait, that's right. This is a fantasy story. Well, what I also found was kind of neat was that more often than not, uh, like, Haru the wolf, she's supposed to be super, super wise because she's a god that's been around for several hundred years. Uh, a lot of times she'll, like, help the merchant outwit the other merchant that he's working with, but a lot of times that'll turn around and bite him on the ass. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just full of that... You never know It's also just got the slight, you know, <laughs> romance tinge to it between yeah. the two, between the male lead and, and, the, and the fox. She's and the not fox a fox, goddess, she's a wolf. Wolf goddess thing. And furries. It's a harvest... <laughs> Thing. And it's, it's really neat how it's very subtle. Yeah. It's, you know, very well, you know, it's more of things of nuances. Mm-hmm. And not, like, the sort of polar opposite, which was To Love Rue, which was just horrible fan service slapped on and going, just watch all the TNA and crappy harem. Yeah, a lot of, time, a lot of times in a lot of these new animes, especially the ones that I've skipped over... It, the ro- the romance aspect of it is absolutely terrible because it's almost like they've gone okay here's the main character okay here's the main female character uh, and obviously because this is the main male and this is the main female obviously they're going to love each other uh, whereas Spice and Wolf actually played it as though they weren't supposed to they weren't supposed to end wind up, up together end up together but they just wound up doing that anyway. So when you get the little romantic bitch, you go, oh, sorry. There's actually a really, like, I don't know if you guys kept watching that show. I actually watched it the whole way through. Uh, There's actually a really great moment later on in the show where Mm -hmm. the merchant has gone broke for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And and he's going around and he's going, oh, it's okay, I'll just borrow some money from some of my friends and I will, and I'll make a, I'll make an investment and then repay them. Mm-hmm. As, but he goes around to all his friends, and none of them will give him money because he, while he's wa- wandering around, you know, Haru wants to walk around and hold his hand, mm-hmm. and she did. And you know, it kind of takes him a while to figure out that the reason that no one will give them money mm-hmm. is because he's he's a merchant who's walking around with a girl on his arm. And it's, you know, that's sort of the typical thing of things that happen in Spice and Wolf, and it's really just, oh, I love it just so much. It was so great. Not to mention the opening and ending thing are real cute. Seven apples on the week. Don't make me sing it. I will sing it. Oh, I was hoping to make you sing it. Okay. Well, maybe later. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What's something else that I want to talk about? Boat to Mayo. Wait, that's not this year. The 
got Vampire Knight on there, which is pretty good and pretty twisted. So if you like crazy shit and vampires, especially if you like it in a high school setting where the vampires are secret, then you'll probably like this one. Well, I'm I'll, done. There's nothing else I, liked, I want to I like Black Butler pretty good. Oh, yeah, Black Butler. That was pretty fun. Like, it's a show where, you know, you've got this little kid who was, his parents died, and he needs to be able to be this badass, you know, merchant kid, so. It, for those of you listening at home, Douglas has just made Lee and Basil hold hands, and it's very cute and sweet. And that's probably where the long pause came from. Yes. Anyways, that James will... He was rendered speechless by the adorable. James will edit all that out. No, he won't. James will edit all that out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, and he decides that obviously the solution to keep himself as an awesome merchant of awesome is to summon a demon to be his butler. Yep. And so that's what he does, and it's the, the wacky hijinks and... Horrific hijinks, says. Horrific, more often than wacky hijinks, is this demon. It sort of switches gears off and on the entire way through, like, it's really like, goofy, ah, goofy, ah. Like, apparently to, all the other... I will do, oh. All the other people in in this kid's employ are apparently complete incompetence. They're massively incompetent. It's, it's just like, the oh my god. I have to summon a demon to do the work, because you guys are such idiots. Yeah, it's just that the butler oh. is is so fantastic that he can do all of their jobs and do his job. And cover for them when they screw everything yeah. up. Yes. And then still have time to play hellish mind games it, on people. It, it's, sort of like, it's sort of like the dark take on the concept behind Hayate, the combat butler. Yeah, yeah it's like, what if Hayate was an evil demon and uh, uh, like to... People which is so nothing like Hayate at all, which is the weird thing. <laughs> it's like, but, what? but the question that I think everybody who has seen Hayate the Combat Butler is thinking right now is, does the demon ever cross-dress? Yes. Does Perfect. <laughs> yes, he does. He does? Yeah. Awesome. Like, you've seen that show, how can he not? I only oh! see the first couple episodes, so... I meant it, on screen. Oh, oh, no, I just meant, like, in obviously general. the character does, I mean. I meant, do we get to see it on screen? Yeah. That, I don't know. You know, that's close enough. There's always fan art. And, and the only show I think we haven't covered I wanted to mention was Titania. Ugh, which that, is there's what, a reason. <laughs> look, I'm sorry that you don't like that it's both, you know, a, a space opera and a political drama at the same time. So it's You can get strikes. over it. It's like, you can get oh over my it. god, it doesn't even have the cute boy. Yes, you, it does. Yes, it does. Uh oh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You just were. Wa- you never actually watched an, an episode. You're correct. You haven't watched a single thing. You have no clue how it's actually the adventures of the irresponsible Captain Kamina. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I don't know, guys. That sounds pretty gay. Pretty much, it's uh, it's like oh, there's this galactic. This galactic fleet that owns everything, even though they don't have a home planet, and no one dares challenge them. Oh, we'll send uh, this nobody guy to fight them to act like we're putting up a defense, and then they'll conquer us, and we can negotiate. And but then he beats them. Yeah. 
He wipes the floor with them because he's... And then gets in trouble because he wasn't supposed to beat them. And is now on, on the lamb. And now they're trying to find him to hire him. And I wish we had Stephen Colbert's out on the lamb graphic sound. That's the best ever. But going on. Okay. But it's very much, you know, it's space opera in like the most traditional sense. Get a bunch of burly looking guys and out, out, you know, space French uniforms. Isn't the actual opening opera. in opera? Yes, it's, it's like like they took they, they took the label space opera and embraced it. And not only that, the opening is is uh, is is uh, all the all the villains. villains. It's all the villains instead of the heroes, so it's really deceptive. You know, but it's based on one of the same novels as the guy who wrote the novels to Legend of Galactic Heroes, which is very much, you know, an influence of the style of the show. Again, lots and lots of crazy giant spaceships having giant space naval battles where guys in, you know, fancy uniforms debate things and, and try to out strategize strategize each other. Strategery. Strategize. Yes. And if you really like that, well, guess what? It's awesome. But, you know, if you don't like it, then I'm sorry. Boo. Alright, my turn! Susan's turn! Yeah, I'll try to keep this short because I'm sure everybody listening is tired of us talking about anime that you may or may not have seen. And so, and also, I don't watch a whole lot of anime in case nobody guessed from my massive silence. Alright. Number five of my top five anime of 2008, Speed Racer. Number four, Dragon Ball Z. Number three, Totally Spies. Number two, Pikachu. And the number one anime of 2008 is Maltese Falcon. Y'all go watch that right now. It's super good. Peter Lorre is awesome in it. Okay, that's it. I like how number two was Pikachu. Pikachu is a good anime. I agree. Pikachu is a great anime. More people should watch Pikachu. For real. I mean, it's Pikachu. And Uh, it goes, Pikachu. I heard it was also a body type. Yes, it is also a body type. Pikachu. And it was really male, female, and then there's Pikachu. There's tall, short, and then there's Pikachu. Pretty much, yeah. Oh. I see. Interesting. There's see, it's edutainment here on the awesome cast. See, we we, and it's gone on way too long for us to go through our favorite movies of this year. So I'm going to say it was Speed Racer and be done with it. Iron Man, Speed Racer, Cloverfield. I mean, Eric will try to tell you that it's The Dark Knight, but it's really Speed Racer. The Dark Knight was really long. I think that. People are just enthusiastic about the Dark Knight because, you know, somebody died in it. I mean, Commissioner Gordon. Look, in Speed Racer, car flips over another car. The other car is currently piloted by a Viking. And the guy then punches the Viking in the face while he's flipping over the car. You can't beat that. No movie in this, that came out in no way can beat that. Yeah, really, the, that doesn't happen in The Dark Knight, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with Speed Racer on this one, although Iron Man is a very close second. Iron Man is really, really good, but... We'll have to hear from Eric for his... Uh, I'm trying to remember what I thought the best movie was. I, I seem to remember thinking... There seems like there was a movie that we haven't mentioned yet that I thought Wally. was really Wally great. was really good. Wally, Hellboy too. 
That was it. Hellboy 2. Hellboy That's 2 the is one a great I movie. really like. Oh, oh, there there was a really good scary movie in 2008. Like I like horror movies. I like scary stuff. I had to walk out in the middle of it. It was freaking me out too much. Twilight. That that's a really scary <laughs> movie. So yeah, uh, if, if you're easily threatened, don't watch it. I think there's I, a I'm different just too word. Scared to go watch that. You're braver than me, Sue. Yeah. I think there's a different word from scary, but I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Scary, creepy, I, horrifying. I think one of my friends thought it was really funny. We were laughing through most of it until it got where it just got it got too bad. It, it's just it, it's spine chilling. I'll um, watch you while you're sleeping. That's okay. If you like the role-playing game Changeling from White Wolf, then Hellboy 2 is really good. Yes. Yes, I really did like Changeling. Uh, and, I, oh my god, I loved Hellboy 2. Like, there was just one line in it that just, like, struck me so hardcore. And if only it, was, it wasn't the fact that a douchebag said it. He was a douchebag, but he was right. Well, yes, and then instead of actually solving the problem, he decided to go out with the bang. Yes, that that is in fact the problem. But almost in like almost in his final words, it was almost like he delivered the weight of the burden that he was fucking up carrying to Hellboy, and Hellboy can now carry out this weight, not like a douchebag. But n- really, cause he sort of dropped the weight because his race is dead. Oh yeah, good point. Never mind. Like he just done screwed up, you know. And I would like to point out that he screwed up by killing his his people. Uh, spoilers for a movie aside. Oh, like well, anyone's actually gonna watch Hellboy too. It was great. I love it. Uh, Suze hasn't seen oh. it yet, and I'm going to show it to her. So after the awesome cast, I'm oh. going to beat you up. Oh, I I know it's a good movie that we haven't talked about that is deserves mention is possibly one of the best. What? Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. You can get on DVD, so I feel it counts as a movie. We're, we're, we're awesome casting about that in, like, oh. a few weeks from now. Oh, really? So yeah. we'll save that for then. We're casting about Vesperia first, right? Right. Okay, I'm fine. I'm down. <laughs> okay. Now, that note, it's been over an hour, so I think we're going to bid y'all good night, good morning, whatever, you're, whatever time period you're listening and we are out. Later, Suck kids. it! awesome cast guys is this the awesome cast no no this is not the awesome cast that you're oh. looking for oh okay this Your is, awesome cast is in another castle this this is this is, is toad cast they all talk like this okay yeah uh, let's, okay let's not do that guys okay, okay. my name is Sto- oh, sorry <laughs> lee yes do i have to kill you Maybe. yes okay <laughs> <laughs>